Greetings and welcome to The Wizard in the Wild. I'm joined today by my dear friend Tarek, who runs Joy Optical, a leading opticians in South Kensington in London, and also coaches American football. Tarek, welcome. No, good to be on with you. Good to hear from you. I'm so delighted to have you on because we always have such deep conversations and you're actually then the perfect person to come on and share your wisdom. Well, you, you lead me down those channels, don't you? We, when our conversations start, it's very, uh, what's the word, organic, always organic. And uh, that's the great thing about talking to you. Thanks, Tarek. I mean, it's funny because it always happens in the shop and I can always see your staff a little bit confused by what's going on. <laughs> They're not too sure if I've come in to get some lenses or, you know. Yeah. For a well, it's a connection. It, it happens with a few people. Uh, and luckily enough, it doesn't happen with a, a vast majority. Otherwise, I wouldn't get anything done. But <laughs> the fact is that, you know, connections happen with people and you have to take advantage of them. Um, you know, it kind of uh, watering the garden. You've got to do that because our conversations are always very interesting and insightful. Mm. I love that about connection. I mean, I wanted to theme today's conversation around the value and the importance of connection. Um, and it's something that you highlighted to me when we last spoke that I hadn't really thought about, which was, I mean, obviously we all know that we need connection, we want connection, but actually being able to create connection. You know, how many people do we see every day? And even people that you speak to and you'll have a conversation, but there's no actual connection. Mm -hmm. And yeah. how to nurture that. I mean, what, from your perspective, you engage with people in the shop as, you know, there's that kind of professional dynamic and you coach the football. Is, do you see parallels in the way people connect in those two different environments? I, I think that, you know, um, if I can draw an analogy, if you, if you look at coaches who r retire from their sport, they're always talking to business people. And you're seeing it vice versa as well, business people talking to coaching organizations. It's because the connection, the relationship, working with people is the same. The environment, the market is different, basically. Um, so I think that my coaching, my upbringing uh, has helped me with work. And my work, dealing with the different people that come come to our practice definitely helps me in my relationships and engagement with people outside of uh, South Kensington. I mean, you've how long have you been in the coaching business? Uh, since 1989. So it's about really? 32, 33 years. Born. Yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's very tactfully, you may not want to... Uh, <laughs> yes, make me feel really old. Yes. <laughs> How, no, not very old, very experienced, more to the point. I mean, what made you start coaching? Uh, just, I just got to a point in my life where actually participating in the sport wasn't possible because I wasn't disciplined enough to stay in shape, commit myself to going to the gym, getting on the track, and looking after what I was eating. So it was just a. Uh, mm -hmm wanted to stay involved and uh, right time, right place, got the opportunity, never looked back. Wow. And why do you love it? Um, 
That's a really interesting question because everybody, you know, they say, oh, I love the game. I love the sport. There's a, for me, it's not that at all. I'm very, very clear about why I do it. Uh, I get on with coaches. You know, people, people sort of uh, say, oh, it's because, you know, you love the sport or you're passionate about this or this. It's actually I'm passionate about the people I work with. I love working mm. with the guys I work with, the players, the coaches and so on. So it could be any sport, really. It's just that it provides me with a vehicle to interact with a whole bunch of human beings, which I quite enjoy doing. So I don't mm. do it because of the win-loss record, although we have been very successful and and i guess that's part of the reason in my journey i can take this view i'm not chasing wins uh, in, on the scoreboard although that's my business is to win so mm. well i think what yeah. what i'm hearing you say is again it's around connection is that you you love the connection that it fosters and you are also good in return at fostering connection yeah i think that you know at the end of the day my parents they they Came, came from Kashmir. My mom was a big influence on how she continued having those tight relationships with her family mm. and friends. And, and it's only now, bless her, that she's gone that I really realize, that although it's been important that I preach relationships and connections, that why they're important and how it was made important to me was seeing the interaction of my mum going to weddings, births, funerals, parties, mm -hmm. making sure she was present uh, for these things that made me realize that actually, you know, you have to nurture relationships and connections and how you interact with both human beings and the task at hand that helps mm -hmm. you uh, get the best out of life. I mean, it's so interesting because I think there's such a huge cultural component to that as well. And I think it's something that the West really lacks. Um, and I know it's something that I always struggled with in that respect. I, I think that, you know, without being judgmental, it's as the so-called civilization becomes more civilized uh, mm. and uh, freedoms become more, uh, are taken for granted rather than respectfully observed, uh, yes, this happens. I notice it with my kids. They, you know, in front of my father, there was a time I, I wouldn't even question anything that was said, although today it's different. Uh, mm. It's never been like that, you know. And, and, and again, those are the extremities of it. But there is a definite, in, in, in being a human being, being respectful of elders and people who are uh, in positions that deserve respect, i.e. because of their age, because of the jobs they do, because of what they do for you. And sometimes we speak before we think about these things, you know. Mm. But like you're saying, it's also the way, I mean, because I, I, I joke with my London friends, you know, when you, so when I connect with someone, and maybe it's, again, it's even, I would just say, more Mediterranean, where there is a culture that is more... Yep. I feel at least based around connection. You might meet up for, you know, breakfast, lunch, whatever it is, and you might spend the day together. You might not, but it's very, very fluid. You know, there is, there's no real rush on time. It doesn't mean that people haven't got things to do. It's just that they value and they honor the time that that relationship needs. Whereas yeah. whenever I see my friends in London, it's like, you've got 40 minutes if you're lucky. Yeah. And, you know, oh, sorry, got to go see someone else. 
or you know I can't squeeze you in and I've got to do da 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 da, da. and it's it's almost like people act as if they're doing each other a favor by meeting up and don't yeah. realize that it's the foundation well I I view I view that as um relationships connections engagements should be informal because when we're informal it's when we're at our most relaxed when we're at mm. our most relaxed we're probably more prepared to share when we start setting uh timelines to what we're going to do then it's a case of well what's important what do i want to get across what what do i need to glean from this etc etc it's no longer organic it's no longer uh you know when you go to visit your mum you don't say hey i'm 15 minutes that's it i'm off that's <laughs> and the same same with your friends you know it's uh, mm. we get the business mixed up with real life and business to some is real life to me it's not i think that we mm. have to do business because we have to find a way to pay the bills etc etc but real life is actually free you know if you can work it uh, and it mm. takes a long time to learn that it takes a long time to learn that you know, i i have this analogy me, me and you've not really ever spoken about this but you know what we're always looking for and and please you know jump in and correct me if i'm wrong yeah. but we're, <laughs> what we're always looking for is that garden aren't we that pleasant uh summer's afternoon evening that or a beautiful sunrise in the garden it's peaceful it's quiet you can have your tea there you can do whatever you want observe mm. the flowers and 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 your cat can play there your dog can play there whatever but that, that's one side of it but the reality also is that we also live in a jungle uh, where where your cat <laughs> where the animals aren't the cats and dogs they're much stronger and you've got to have a different mentality for that and we forget that the garden is where we want to be and that's where we should be with our friends and our family and our uh, dearest and nearest and you know who and and not not bring them into the jungle where you know you you've got it and so i i have this view where you know there's a time to be in the jungle and there's a time to be in the garden and don't mix those two up and make sure you understand that the you're sitting with the right people for the right reasons in the right environment you know mm. so but also that you're enjoying it because something i've been thinking about this week i've actually been calling it anticipatory sadness i don't know if that's even a thing or not but i realized i mean it's very much around this whole concept of you know that we all know and we all speak about about being in the present but what does that mean in relation to anticipatory sadness i notice in myself that I mean, there are several ways of looking at it. On the one hand, where we are now, we often forget that we wanted to be there for a really long time. And, you know, we're kind of, I think, addicted to always looking for more. And so one of the things I've been thinking about recently is instead of always searching, it's a question of, you know, kind of stopping and remembering. But it's also letting yourself embrace, whether it's the jungle or the garden, every single aspect of it. Because what happens to me, I felt, found recently is I'll be sat in, you know, the garden, so to speak, and everything's great, you know, and I, I should be having an amazing time. And I am having an amazing time. And then about halfway through, it's like, oh, wait, but I have to leave soon. I'm taken out of the present moment and enjoying it. And I start feeling sad by virtue of the fact that it's going to end. It's like a transition or that mm. um, I know I have to go do something else or you know, or, or maybe there's even a bit of anxiety there, which is, oh, fuck, is it going to rain? 
And yeah. instead of then sitting and enjoying the sunshine, I'm like, oh, wait, but what if it's going to rain? If it rains, I haven't got the right coat. I mean, this is all, you know, metaphorical, yeah. but you get the idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, I see that as, uh, and it's interesting that, uh, because the way you've explained it to me, for me, that's boxed and bracketed in unfinished business. I think when the, there are loose ends, and there's always loose ends, you're never, ever, oh. ever going to have you know, a pristine <laughs> uh, environment. It's There's always going to be loose ends and you've got to go and take care of those loose ends. I think the rationale behind that for me is that, hey, you know what? It's time to step back into the jungle, take care of this, and I can get back here again um, mm. and, and so on. I think that you're absolutely right. It's, uh, you know, sometimes when you're in the jungle, you can't wait to get the hell away from wherever you are because being in the jungle isn't always pleasant. Do you know what I mean? You, mm. It's bearable. You've got to do it. But sometimes sitting in the garden too long reminds you that, hey, I can get engulfed by the jungle here if I don't take care of stuff. So mm. I understand what you're saying. And I think that what we've got to accept is that life is it, it's, it's not a straight line. It's not a straight line. But you could spiral. keep it straight. Yeah, you could keep it straight in you in what you value, and and understand there's going to be some deviations, and take those deviations mm. because you know you're going to get back on track. It's when you think that you're not going to get back in the saddle, which is the the difficult part. The problem. I mean, I've started yeah. viewing life as a bit of a spiral, honestly. I mean, right, and kind of rhythmic, almost as a wave, because. Almost if you think about like the sun and the moon going around the earth. Yeah. The way that I feel it is almost like, you know, you, you enjoy each day and it's so exciting. And then the sun goes down and there's basically profound sadness that the day is over. But then there's excitement mm. because the moon comes up and it's basically this constant interplay. It's yeah. all around us. It's in the rhythms of nature. It's in the rhythms of life. It's life and death. I mean... I don't know, there have been a few people recently who've just either been extremely unwell or have have passed away. And whenever it happens, it's kind of, it's like an electric jolt, which is, yeah. oh my God, you know, time is, time is infinite, but finite. And, yeah. and it's now, you know, like life is now. And it sounds so basic. It sounds so silly, but you just have those moments when you open your eyes and like, oh my God, like I need to just, go and live yeah well i think that's why it's important that you you define what living is because you know uh you know that saying uh, and i hope i get this right uh you you either you either work to live or you live to work mm. uh is what people say and i just think to myself that the truth is somewhere in between all of that you know, it's not, uh, for, me, for me, I think that whichever way you view it, what you've got to understand is no two hours are going to be exactly the same. Even if you're having mm. fun, if you're having two hours of fun, you know in those two hours there was some really highs and then there was some, not lows, but, you know, you came back to base yeah, and then you yeah, got yeah. high again because, you, you know, it's, it's just not going to be the same. But I think living in the present, you have to plan. You can't just, uh, some people will say to you, it, it's, um, you don't have to plan, plan these things. You, you've just got to go with the flow. But going with the flow is a plan. You've got to make up your mind. You've, you've got to submit uh, 
you know, I I look I look at monks, uh, uh, yeah, and priests and and nuns and you know all, all people who give themselves uh, a, a certain path in life. They've submitted to it, and I think that we not going down that path, but some measure of going down that road, we do have to plan if we're going to and and submit to hey i'm going to accept going with the flow i'm going to accept mm. you know that i i'm i'm going to get up in the morning and i'm going to go to work what happens at work is what happens you know i i can't plan what other people are going to do to me i can only plan for me to be at work be ready to work and when somebody comes in with the first problem i or i find a solution if i can but i may not be able to find mm. a solution for everybody or to to their satisfaction i mean that's that's the other thing emily that which i think is, is something that i've had to learn is that actually i work to a very high standard and when somebody turns around and says to me oh well this is not what i expected i think to myself okay hang on this is not my problem all right this is not <laughs> my problem all right, I have to, you know, I can't beat myself up about I'm that. I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of the, the 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 email that you received that you told me about. Yeah, I don't know if you remember. Yeah. Uh, well, there were two. I've told you about two, haven't I? Where it was. Uh, well, I'm thinking of the of the one of of of, 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 a, of a lady. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the thing is, it's interesting because because it, it ties in a bit with um, my line of work, which is also that, you know, people come to me in a time, you know, if, you're, if you've got to me, it's because things are not going right, which yeah. means that you're dealing with people who, I mean, it's definitely not the best day of their life. And they're probably, you know, it's a challenging moment for them. And so you're also, I don't know, I think I've realized it's, it's. we think, you know, like people will come to you and say, oh, it's about my glasses or whatever. Or people come to me and say, well, it's about X, Y, Z. But it never really is. It's about the emotion. It's about them yeah. wanting to be seen or heard or validated or, you know, they've had a shit day and they're taking it out on you, whatever it is. It's almost always about the emotion. And, you know, and I think even why do some things, why do some people go to court when really maybe things shouldn't go to court? But yep, because yep. they just want to have a forum yep. to be able to be heard, they just want to tell their story. Yep, yep. And I think also, you know, taking that just one step further, I think that people don't listen. And oh, nobody listens. They, yeah, yeah. And they want to hear themselves. They want their moment. Mm. They they feel they can explain that once it comes out of their mouth, that's how it should be. But you know, when you say things out loud, and I'm I have conversations. I have these conversations sometimes where, about coaching and stuff like that because I coach people. I don't coach the sport. And people, mm. people say, what, are you, what are you talking about? If I can coach a person to be a better person, they will be better at what we need them to do. That's how I look mm. at it. And and sometimes I have to say, well, hang on, God, I, I, I'll say, you know, I did this, I did that, and you did this. And then I have to turn around and say to myself, shut up. He doesn't understand. He's not there. He's not receptive. She doesn't understand. Mm. She's not receptive. So you've got to re because one of the mistakes I used to make as a young coach was that um, because of my experiences, because I'm very much open, I'm open to new ideas, new thoughts. Mm. I try to look at both sides of things that people don't always uh, um uh, absorb what they're looking at. They don't always take it in. Sometimes they have to attend five or six coaching clinics just to get the concept home. 
and you've got to accept that some people do it that way i've with the grace of god i'm pretty pretty good at picking up things and being able to run and investigate and it's one of the things i really actually like about you but i think it's it could also be a burden for for people as you know when we question and investigate ourselves and try to mm. uh, rationalize everything because mm. trying to rationalize everything sometimes you've just got to let it go sometimes you've just got to you know uh i i have had in terms of coaching in terms of people that i work with i've had more talented people come to nothing than I have those who put in the work and work hard and have become something. Uh, wow. and, and that's certainly with players, it's certainly the case. You, you, people, their egos take over or something else will take over. They don't recognize their talent. And, uh, and many, many coaches have gone down the rabbit hole whole of following the talent and then they find the talent lets you down because they've just met a girl and they're not going to come to practice or they've discovered <laughs> alcohol and they're going to go and get do, do you know what i mean that their priorities are just not the same but they feel they're talented enough to get on the field uh tired after partying all night and be able to produce well you could do that for a certain amount of time but mm. there comes a time where you cannot do that and um uh, I I really think that when you have something, when you start that journey about discovering yourself, you realize that actually any time you are influenced emotionally, physically, uh, whether that be by ingesting whatever, right, you actually compromise yourself. You're really not, not as good uh, as you should be. Um, mm. But there are times you get away with it and so but like i said coming back to you but i think that one of the things that you do really well is you and i think that's to do with your investigative background is that you will question and try to find answers and then put them into vocabulary that you understand and can transfer to others i mean it's funny because i i think it can be um I mean, it's one of the things that I love the most about myself. And I think it is something that helps me connect with other people. Because as you said, I can translate my own experiences and communicate them effectively. But where it doesn't serve me and can be a bit of a hindrance is actually in the emotional realm. Because the reality is emotions cannot all be rationalized. And they I'm not even sure that they should be, you know. Yeah. And so when you're, when you're, I mean, I, I always joke with my friends that a relationship is completely illogical in real terms. Mm. And mm. if we, you know, nobody would ever pursue love, I don't think, because it, it, it's bound to end in heartbreak, whether it's because mm. the relationship ends or someone dies, basically. I mean, it's, mm. it's, it's really quite heartbreaking. But then, you know, I also believe yeah. that the point of life is to love and to have these experiences and to feel, but it's, the mind, you know, when you have a very yeah. kind of self-aware, inquisitive mind, it's also knowing when to turn it off. I mean, maybe that ties into what is also this, what I was calling the preemptive sadness. It's also the mind kind of an overdrive, which is, oh, why do I feel this way? Or why do I feel that way? But yeah. I, I want to come back to something you said at the very beginning, two things. The first was when you were saying about going with the flow of life. A friend of mine described this to me. She actually described it in the context of kids' education, but I thought it was amazing even for adults, which was freedom within limits. So it's mm. almost like you're kind of setting up the parameters 
of wherever and then you choose to flow within those parameters that's yeah. not to say that you're limiting yourself from new experiences it's just that as you're saying there is a, a um some form of of i don't know if direction is even the word but movement you know there is some force or you know something propelling you forwards and the other thing that i thought was very interesting that you said was around the fact that we're all our best when we're relaxed yeah. and that we 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 bring our best self forwards and i actually had a very interesting experience where i met someone a woman and when i met her i was you know very relaxed very confident i was you know in a good place and we hit it off you know she was yeah. perfectly charming and and it was it was wonderful and i saw her a few months later but i didn't recognize her because she she chopped all her hair off so she looked completely different and she i think she dyed it as well i mean it was she was unrecognizable and i for different reasons was slightly on edge in this environment i wasn't sure how i felt about being there i wasn't sure that i wanted to be there i was a bit nervous anxious whether it was going to go well or not and so she comes up to me very warmly to say hello and i was quite standoffish and i was kind of like oh you know hi basically who are you f off <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and then realized that i knew who she was so i went back up to her and i said oh i'm so sorry i didn't recognize you and i relaxed then and she said oh yeah like yeah. I was basically, I can't remember how she phrased it, but, but she basically said that I'd come across quite cold or like, you know, mm. not particularly warm. Mm. Anyway, I then told another friend about, I didn't think much of it. I just, you know, I just kind of viewed it on a superficial level. And I told my friend about this. She said, Emily, that's such good feedback. And I said, what do you mean? She said, well, because you, you know, through this kind of mental nervousness that you'd created about the situation, you're not actually letting people meet the real you. And yeah. you don't want people going around. I mean, it doesn't really matter, but you don't want people going around saying, oh, I met this girl, Emily, and she was really uptight and cold because that's not who you are. And actually, yeah. you know, what you want is to be able to be your, you know, warm, open self and to, to bring that version to the table. And, you know, I don't know. I thought it was a very interesting perspective. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I definitely yeah. learned a lot and um, tried to be more yeah. friendly than I'm <laughs> strangers now. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I think, you know, the, the thing about emotion is, is I think that everything has some kind of emotion in it. Anything that has any kind of meaning has got emotion. The emotion that I've always tried to, because of my coaching, you know, coaching American mm. football at the highest level, being with the national team and, and all of this kind of stuff, right? You learn because it is an emotional sport, and emotions actually bring the best out in players because you've got heightened awareness, so they've got adrenaline pumping. So, we talk about I talk mm. to them about being able to float on your adrenaline. Not all emotional reactions they're chemical, but they're not all adrenaline fueled. So, I think it's understanding how you can float on your emotion. Because if you can float on your emotion, you give yourself that millisecond or minute to react in a better way or to act in a better way. Because at the end of the day, uh, our where we are is because of our reactions. It's the action we've taken mm -hmm. to what we've seen or whatever. You know, that's that's what it is. And I think that's really, really important that we understand that. And in terms of, you know, what you were saying uh, about uh, what you said about mm -hmm. love, Again, you know, when you hear when you hear people talk about love, they they turn around and said, "Oh, well, you know, love really works if you if it's fifty fifty. You know, if you if you put in fifty percent, you know, it, it's equal. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. Uh, mm. And um, 
and I look at my parents, which was an arranged marriage. They made that work for sixty-two wow. years, and by no wow. means was it by no means was it smooth. But I tell you what, I learned from it, right? That you know, when people turn around and say to me, relationships are fifty-fifty. To me, with respect to everybody, that's total crap. All right, <laughs> what it is is one hundred percent by both sides, 100% mm. commitment to making it work, to mm. giving it everything you've got so you come out mm. the other end through the rough and the smooth. And I don't think, you know, that's very difficult to do because we go in with an attitude of, you know, 50-50. But what I'm saying is that what you have to realize is it's not, you've got to commit yourself. If you, and it's that's, so relationship connections, commitments, you know, they're, they're just so intertwined. Um, and and I I'm trying to explore that thing now where where uh, I don't want to ramble on about this, but I'm trying to explore that if that's the case, if I really believe that, then mm. that must run through many other things in my life that you've just got to give with faith a hundred percent. So I I agree with the first bit. I'm not sure I agree with the second bit. I definitely right. agree that relationships are hundred percent, and yeah. it's actually it's it's quite a um, I would say it's quite a spiritual perspective as well. And there is very much this idea that you give 100% and it's not really just even to the partner, it's to the relationship. I mean, I almost view the relationship as a third entity. Right. And it has to be, you know, nurtured. And I have always taken the personal view that I would always rather give 100%. And I always have, essentially, in my any relationship because mm. whether it would you know, win or lose, essentially, I would know that I'd given it my all and so I wouldn't have any regrets. But also, if it was going to to work, you know, cause, I mean, I, I am also like an optimist by nature. So if I was with someone, it was always because I thought there was a a real potential of an, of an outcome. You know, I, I've, I've never really dated just for shits and giggles. Um, right. And so... When you give it your rule, it was also that that person would then see the real me and know right. me. Because I don't like, I think it's a very modern perspective, which is it's not just 50 50, it's that people behave as if their partner has to prove themselves to them. Mm. But if you go into a relationship like that, your partner will, will never be able to satisfy you because you'll always be looking for them to prove something else. And then mm. what? It's like, oh, wait, no, if you if you propose, then I'll give you 100%. Well, then what? You know, I mean, mm. when does it, by that point, you've already been in a relationship and you've yeah, set yeah, up yeah, yeah, dynamics yeah. and I don't know. So I've, I, but it's uncomfortable and it's scary and you've kind mm. of got to do it regardless of what the other, because you'll never actually also know if the person opposite you is giving 100% or not. Mm. Well, I think that's you know. where the next thing, you know, is faith, you know, having faith mm. in that process and stuff. Because, you know, I mean, it's, uh, for me, for me, when I look around, what happens is that uh, if, if we're talking about love, there comes, there comes to a stage where it becomes like a runaway train for both of you. You know, and uh, whether that be good, bad, or indifference, it does. And keeping that under control is a challenge in itself. But I think these are Tell good kind more. of things. Well, I think it's okay. really good in life that when you have, uh, if you're trying to figure out something, if you don't find the answer, try to look for an answer. Try to rationalize it. Try to discuss it, i.e., discussing it with you. 
try to work out, you know, because you've got to say it out loud, you know, you've got to do those things. Mm. In terms of the, the runaway train, you know, it's like when you fall in love, uh, the momentum mm. increases. And as the momentum increases, if you're both in the same carriage sitting next to each other, that's wonderful. <laughs> but if you're, if you're sitting <laughs> on opposite sides in the same carriage, <laughs> you know, mm. it, it could be, it could be, it could still run. I mean, how many people do you know, right, that have been dragged in that relationship is they're, they're not suffering in terms of uh, you know mental anxiety or cruelty or whatever but they're just going with the flow it's not actually it, it just suits them to go with the flow they're not actually conscious themselves until a decision has to be made by which time mm -hmm. some people assume hey we've been doing this for five years why why would i have thought you would thought any different so it's mm -hmm. very important that when the train runs away that uh, you know what your intentions are and where, where this train is leading to and so on. So, But I think that's uh, the deeper thing, which is that, as we were saying yeah. at the beginning, many people don't look that deep into themselves. And no, I think it's don't. not only do they not look deep in themselves to begin with, so they don't really know, it's that they then don't really speak about it with their partner. Yeah, yeah. Because, it's, again, it's, it's, an, it's scary, it's vulnerable, and, and, you know, they'll go and tell everyone else. And there is yeah. a space where... I do think that some things need to be discussed outside of the relationship. I mean, it's just, it's, yeah. it's human nature. You need to be able to go to vent to whatever. It's just, yeah. it's human. Um, it's an age, it, it, journey is an age thing, don't you think? I think that, I mean, I know you're, you're, you're much younger than me, but you, you know, there's, <laughs> no, but it, it, I, I think it's an age thing. I think that as you mature or as in, in years and you're willing to find out, you're willing to understand I think the journey can can be quite scary, but it can be really rewarding. And once you've actually opened a few doors and you start to understand that actually, you know what, I'm getting upset with this and I'm getting upset with that and I'm doing this and I'm doing that and here's my reactions. Well, those are my choices and I make those choices and they become my consequences. So when I blame somebody else, how much mm. of that was my responsibility? So, for instance, if my receptionist has done something wrong, well, did I mm. coach her through the process properly or is she just being, she's not using her aptitude, you know? You've got to turn mm. around and somewhere along the line, you've just got to say, this person is just not conscious of what they're doing or actually you haven't spent enough time to help them do their job properly so you've got to be able mm. to take responsibility so i think for me certainly when i started uh and i started my journey subconsciously i i was blessed to have a really good client who somehow hit hit a nail and and we it opened up a conversation and i every day i do something uh that helps me be more conscious of what I'm doing. And, and that's mm. something really isn't, you know, I don't sit down and have a book or, or, or you know, go, go visit somebody or whatever. It's really just saying to myself, know your whys. Know your mm. whys. Why are you, you know, try to do that. And not every day is perfect, you know. It's not, not every day is perfect. But you've just got to work on that and understand that actually, you know what, if you're in the poo is because you put yourself in there. And if you accept that so responsibility, I, yeah, then... Yeah. I mean, I totally agree in, in terms of, I think we all bring in our own situations. And what I found really fascinating, 
I, I can't remember if I told you this when I last saw you, is I found myself in a situation where, um, you know, I, I hadn't seen some old friends for a couple of years because of the pandemic. And when I saw them again, it was, you know, the facts of what they were talking about had changed, but the inner dialogue was exactly the same. And so mm. the problems that I was hearing about, you know, all the things that were being complained of were exactly the same. And, mm. but of course, you know, it, the way that it, the story was being told was it was all of this outside stuff and all of these outside people. Yeah, yeah. And then I did actually say to one of them, you know, because we're close and I said, well, you know, do you, th do you not think that you're maintaining this or that you're creating yeah. this? Because, yeah. because it's the same. It hasn't bloody changed. No, um, no. But, but equally, no. there's a, I think it's a paradox that has to be managed. It's a bit like with emotion, you know, it's like you don't want to attach to human emotion too much, but you also have to honor it. You know, when you're feeling grief yeah. or anger, you don't want to become the grief or the anger, but you're still feeling it because you're human. So, you know, you can't be happy do lally all the time because uh, it's yeah. just not human or realistic. But for me, yeah. with the, the point about taking responsibility, there is also the flip side, which is, honoring or being honest about what it is yeah. that you feel and so yeah. it, it's not going to the other person and blaming them but i know that for, for a long time i would never tell someone if i was frustrated mm. because i wouldn't want to rock the boat i would think it's not really worthwhile yeah. um you know whereas now i try to be honest all the time and yeah. it's not that i lied before but i'm talking even about you know even like really little things Someone yeah, says, yeah. do you want to meet up? And you would make an excuse, oh, I can't because, I don't know, you know, the yeah, pipe yeah, burst. Yeah. Actually, I can't because I don't want to, you know? Yeah. And people are so afraid to say that. Yeah. Yeah, people don't know how to say that. That's why. People don't know how to tell the truth. You don't have to hurt somebody. You don't have to mm. hurt somebody. But you you hear the excuses, you know? Oh, uh, do you want to go and do Oh, no, I'm washing my hair. You're not washing your hair, you know? <laughs> Just say I'm not doing this, you know. It's yeah, it's, I don't but, want and, to. And that, yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, a few years ago, uh, and it's been going on for a while with me. I uh, I know every so often I I do the snake thing. I shed my skin, mm. and with that, there's some casualties. There's some people that I will not speak to again for a long time, not because I dislike mm. them or whatever. They're just on the periphery, and it's so on. And and I do believe in terms of your friends there's a, the circle is small. It's not, it's mm. not huge. Um, for those who have a bigger circle, bravo, don't have anything, you know, against that. But I do think that when we, when we, we have got to understand that sometimes you've got to shed your skin and you have the opportunity to start again. And in which case, would you like to do this? No, not on this night. You don't need to turn around and say anything more than that you know no excuses yeah. no no i just don't want to do it on this night do you want to do it another mm. night well at that point you might want to say if you don't want to do it with that person then that may then you've got to find a way to say and again that's not difficult either because but i do think that you you know the washing the hair uh excuse becomes a bit old <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's yeah. i don't know it's uh, I think I myself am a bit of a paradox in those situations because as much just in terms of connection, I think, and I've loved this whole theme because actually everything we've been speaking about is connection in different forms and different areas. Mm. But something that I struggle with, I mean, I think on the outside people look at me and, and might think that I connect very easily. And to some degree I do, I would say that I'm, people connect with me, you know, and mm. people will open up 
and talk and I really enjoy meeting new people but I think for mm. me it's so, that's often more socializing rather than connection whereas my inner as you said my actual inner circle is very very small and the people mm. who are very close to my heart are very few and and what sometimes happens is people maybe because they've opened up to me or because we've had a deep conversation but for me maybe that's that's just how I connect with people, right or wrong. Yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's just how it is. But they might then think, oh, you know, that there is basically they're like, you're my number one, and you're like, but I don't know you. Yeah. yeah. And that I struggle with because. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, Emily, from the first time I met you, you have all the things that are necessary uh, in as far as I'm concerned. And we're talking about my world here, right? Mm. That gives it gives everybody a fantastic opportunity to move the needle forward. You are oh. welcoming. Your hand comes out. You smile. Your eyes smile. Mm. And therefore, <laughs> you're greeting somebody with respect. And then mm. on that, from that, that early kind of connection, because connection is in layers. All right, connections in mm. layers. You know. I, I can make a connection as opposed to I have connected, you know, because I, I, like I know, I know, right, that what happens is that I am very much an uh, outgoing person in terms of uh, meeting people. I will, you know, I will put my hand out, I will greet you, I will smile, I will converse with you. Mm. But that doesn't mean that I'm an extrovert from inside, right? That doesn't mean mm. that I'm like that with everything in my life. Do you see what I mean? And I think mm. that you you saying that, you know, that you struggle, you, you've got to understand that for me it's layers, right? It's how far, mm. you know, you could be perfectly civil, right? You can make the, the wheel turn, right? But... Uh, the anything more serious than that, anything where it involves the smaller cogs, you've got to have more meaning. There's got to be a, a, this for me. Um, I don't know what the word is, right? Because I haven't really found it yet. Because it's something that I'm working on myself. But for mm. me to be able to turn those really small wheels, right, that move that bigger uh, load. I have to be really well connected with you. I have to be really, you know, it's, that's got to be different. Um, mm. So it's, I, I don't know if I explain it correctly, but I think that initially a connection is quite simple, straightforward. It's not weight bearing. It's, you know, it's just common decency. It's being respectful, etc. But when you've got to start carrying the load in order because you want to, not because you're being forced to, that's a completely different different thing mm. altogether. Mm. I mean, I'm thinking because I actually, you know, you were talking about shedding skins. Yeah. And some people becoming collateral damage. And I think that ties in again to the, to the layer of connection. Mm. Um, I have had a few of those experiences. And... Yeah. I had one relatively recent, recently actually, but and, and I was so upset that I just, I was just like, I was just not interested. You know, I was like, whoa! I felt, I don't know if betrayed is the right word, but but yeah, just just no bueno. You know, not good. <laughs> and yeah. in the past, I would have just completely, you know, that would have that would have been it, and I wouldn't have felt that bad. I mean, I and this time was different for two reasons. The first being. 
I actually expressed to the person that I was very upset. I didn't want to have a conversation about it. But instead of just being like, okay, you know, just bye, I said, I'm very upset because um, they didn't understand why. But as far as mm -hmm. I was concerned, I'd expressed. And then they've been trying to reach out. And again, older me would have just been like, again, not interested. And actually, I'm not sure that I'm necessarily interested in, in reconnection or renewing. Mm. But what I have suggested is having a call to clear the air. Yes. Um, because I realized that, you know, maybe they really haven't understood why I was upset. And it's not about going to them and being like, you did these terrible things. Um, because as mm. you said, we all have our part to play in every dynamic. Yep. But I think it's just about creating a space where we can each say, okay, this is this is where I stand in this situation. And then maybe there will be a renewal. Maybe there won't, but at least it will be from a place of, yeah. I hope, peace. Well, well, you see, at the end of the day, that's a loose end as far as I'm concerned. You know, that's being in the garden and mm -hmm. there's that loose end. But that loose end can show up any time because by not, by, by not addressing it, you're allowing it to gain momentum for mm. another time at which point you say i should have nipped that in the bud so i mm. think it's really i think it's really important i think it's really important uh, and i don't know if it's happened to you in life but it's happened to me where i would consider my besties have stabbed me in the back or done something that has really disappointed mm. me and then you spend months you know wondering why did they do that why why me why this and they mm -hmm. are just leading their lives and doing whatever the hell they want to do, right? Mm -hmm. And you are consumed by this why me. And and you've just got to you've got to deal with it. You've just got to turn around and you know, God I, I have this little thing. God brings people into my life and he takes people out of my life. And I trust mm -hmm. him, right, for who he brings in and who he takes out. Right? It's as simple mm -hmm. as that for me. All right. And, and that's how it is. I, I, I you know, uh, coming back to you, uh, ju just to, you know, to talk about connections, right? Mm. You call me from wherever you are, you need something done, you know, we try to do it, right? Mm. If that connection wasn't there, we would still try to do it. But I wonder, right? I wonder mm. how much effort we would put in, right? <laughs> Do you, do you know what yeah. I'm trying to say? And it's not trying to be, uh, it's not trying, you know, every, oh, you've got to treat all your customers the same and this, that and the other. Life is not fair. You've got to be, you know, we're all equal. That's rubbish. We're not all equal. We, we're all at different uh, places. We should all get equal opportunities. We should all have, uh, do this. But you will see in, in life people you, who connect with you, who treat you well, who do, you go the extra mile. You go, you do the extra things. And it's not really, you're not doing it to gain brownie points. You're doing it because these people make you feel good. They make you feel mm. good. And in turn, hopefully you do, are trying to do the same for them. A hundred percent. And actually, as you were saying that, I was thinking of, um, you know, the reverse side, which is when a connection can be lost. The yes. value of also being honest about it again, and not I'm yeah. not saying a shouting match, but a conversation is. I always say that I actually on the God thing this year I started saying when when things weren't working out, people would say Are you upset, and I said not at all. I'm thankful to God for showing me what needs to exit my life, 
Um, <laughs> Bravo. No, really, really. <laughs> no, and, but it's and true. It was, but it's, it's true. true. Once you recognize, once you recognize that, once you understand you are not the driver of your car, right? Just sit in the back mm. and enjoy the journey, you know, <laughs> and that's it, you know? <laughs> and the other thing I was going to say was when you actually then, when you're able to have that conversation, you're also giving the other person an opportunity to not just understand, but maybe also to change. Like, you know, you always hear about people who complain, or I don't know, my, people complain to me about some things or some people. And I always say, you shouldn't tell me, you should tell them, because by not telling them, you're actually enabling this behavior that you don't yeah. like. You're not giving yeah, yeah. them an opportunity to do it any differently. Yeah. But you're also prohibiting yourself from growing in some way. Because I remember there's only, there was one friendship in my, I was in my early 20s. And I considered this person to be a very good friend. I was actually bridesmaid at her wedding, although I was also a bit surprised at being asked to be bridesmaid because I didn't think we were that close. Again, the layer connection thing. But when she asked me to be bridesmaid, I was like, okay, I really need to invest in this friendship because clearly, you know, she thinks that I'm up there. And we became closer and we spent a lot of time together and we went away on a weekend together. And as far as I was concerned, I had a great time. It was a super creative weekend. It was, you know, really fun. We were, and I have all these pictures and we're laughing and joking and, you know, it was, it was fantastic. And she, you know, we went our separate ways at the end of the weekend and it was all kind of hugs and kisses and I love yous and all of that. And then she sent me an email a few days later and the email was basically like, I don't want to be your friend anymore. I haven't felt comfortable in this friendship for a while. And I just don't see how we can continue to be friends in this kind of situation. And mm. I was devastated. And I wasn't just devastated because I was losing a friend. I was genuinely, I just, I really didn't understand. And I actually wrote back to her and I said, I completely respect that you don't want to be friends, but can you actually tell me what it is that, because, you know, the way that I experienced this weekend was A, B, C, D, E that we've just got back from. So I just don't really understand your experience. Of it. I'm not denying that you had that experience, but it's just confusing to me. And she never replied. And I remember that actually made me whenever, you know, I try and be very conscious whenever I, there is something with someone, I try and be as clear as I can, because that's something that I always wish that she'd been able to be honest with me because... Because it, it's damaging at the end of the day. Mm. At least I, I, I found it damaging. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, again, it's interesting. Whenever I talk to you, it makes me think of other other things. I think that, mm. um, I think that we also have lost the way to express ourselves. We spend a lot of time on... Uh, uh, social media and WhatsApp mm. and whatever, and you know, try to answer things with four lines. Uh, and, you know, just very, <laughs> and it's just, um, I, I just find that you know, that's the kind of level of communication. Therefore, when you do sit down around a table, the, the whole week you've been working on these sort of social media type answers, now you've got to go into a full, fluid conversation, and it's like you're stuck. Mm because you've mm. not been practicing how to engage and how to do these things. Um, and, and like you said, so, sometimes things happen and there can be never be an explanation, but I think you should always try in the best way possible to find an answer if it's important. 
sometimes mm. you you may deem that it's just not important and you're just not going to do it and and so be it and, and like uh, you said that you don't want to let too much time go by because if too much time goes by it's almost impossible yes. to then have that conversation because correct correct you know, it was just it too long ago yeah it doesn't mean the same doesn't mean it doesn't you know yeah. I, I you know i can give you examples of people i know a couple of brothers you know who are in their late I think they're in their late 60s rather than early 70s, right? They had some kind of issue about when they were in their 40s. God. And they've always had a reasonable conversation with each other. But now that they're getting to this age and it's still, they've got children and, and the children want to sort of communicate with each other, neither can explain to the other what the hell it was about. Wow, and how and how sad is that for the kids? Because the kids mm. want to, the kids really get on with each other, and they can't explain to each other. And uh, and I've sat in the middle of that, and I've said, well, if you if you cannot remember what the hell it was, it cannot have been that important. Now, mm. can we, but no, no, stubbornness will get in the way of it. I mean, my dad always says that to me whenever I'm upset about something. He says, you know, will this matter in five years? Will you even remember mm. it? Yeah, And most of the time, the answer is no. But the other thing I love is from a woman called Esther Perot. I talk about her almost on every podcast. So I think she's fantastic. But she always says, behind every criticism is a request. And that's mm. something that I try and bring into my relationship, particularly because if I'm frustrated, it's often actually that I'm looking for something. I, uh, you know, right now I want or need more, you know, comfort, reassurance, affection, whatever it is, there is a part of yeah. me that's looking for something. And if you're yeah. able to recognize that in yourself, then you can actually... You can just shortcut the whole process yeah. where you have to, you know, whatever in respect, be like, actually, this is what I need. And it's just much more effective. The tapestry of life. The tapestry of life. The fabric of our being. Tarek, yes. we're almost, <laughs> we're yeah. almost uh, at the end of our hour together. And it's been yeah. amazing. But before we go, I normally do at the end of every episode, ask me anything. If there's anything in particular that you'd like to ask me. Oh, you don't Maybe mean you've asked that. Me everything. You don't no, you really. don't mean that. You can no, ask no, me anything. <laughs> okay. I promise. <laughs> Actually, and you'll get an honest answer. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, so Emily, mm. what is your reason for why? What is my reason for why? Yeah. Why? You know what? I was about to tell you that that's a deep question, but I actually have an answer straight away. Good. Um, Your residentre. Let's see. Let's hear it. Joy. I think. Uh, joy optical. <laughs> <laughs> we take we take full credit. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. But but genuinely joy, bringing yep. joy, sharing joy, experiencing joy. Um, I think. You know, if it's something I've been thinking about more and more and, and seeing it more and more, it's not just joy in my life, but it's being able yeah. to bring joy to people around me. And that's not something, yeah. it's not looking to do it because I think that's contrived. It's just, can you, you know, by your presence, can you, can you be uplifting? Can you, do yeah. you uplift people? Um, well, and I think that's my why. Well, I'm I'm glad you said that because that takes me back to when you first asked me if I would do this. And me I, being a coach, I'm a planner and stuff like that. We've got to have mm. an understanding of what we're going to do. And uh, I said to you, you know, uh, connections and joy brings connections. And I think that's mm. just wonderful. We've just gone full circle. Spiral. We've done a spiral. 
a spiral yeah. exactly yes. life is a spiral we go up yeah. in layers yeah yeah thank you so much for coming yeah. on this has been incredible Fantastic. i feel grounded and at peace and my heart <laughs> is expanded thank you for your well, wisdom and for your time well we've taken our connection to another level haven't we we've added an extra we layer. have we've added a layer yeah <laughs> We'll, we'll do this again sometime. Thank you very much. I would I appreciate love to have it. you back on. Thank you so All much. Right. Have a great you evening. You take care of yourself. Stay blessed. You too. Bye. Thank you for joining the Wizard in the World. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe. Thank you so much for all your support. We can't wait until next time. Until then, don't forget to stay magic.